Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, this is Tracy Guns from LA Guns, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, man, it's Bon Jovi and Phil X in the Drills, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey guys, before we get into the episode, I need to thank the people who make this episode happen. Of course, I'm talking about the people on Patreon. You guys are the best. Thank you so much for supporting me there month after month. Some of you with as little as a $2 a month donation, some of you above $20 a month. So whatever your donation is, I I really, really appreciate it. Let's start with our top contributor steven sailor thank you dude i really appreciate it i love texting with you Uh, i love your help setting up guests for the episode and yeah thanks for your continued support of talking metal our second highest contributor steve hoker my main man from new jersey Man, Steve, I can't wait to see you again in person. It's been a long year, but hopefully hopefully we're, we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and would love to see you somewhere in New Jersey sometime sooner than later. Mike Jones, thank you, Mike. Matt Carroll, Denny Striegel, Dan Gurwan, Chris Riley, Brad Dahl, all top-tier supporters. You guys are the best. Thank you so much. And thank you so much to all our other supporters, including John Bovari, Jerry from Long Island, Kenny McCrimmon, Gregory Muse, Johan, uh, you told me how to pronounce your name, Johan, how to, let's see, Erdstrom, right? Erdstrom, Gene Eugene DX, Brent Carter, Patrick Sabin, Sean Richmond, Michael Street, Fred Rutz, David Gray, James Bennett, Anthony Mackey, Ron Keel, Jason Seth, Joe Ryan, Sam Soupy, Stephen Rodriguez, Jeremy Weltman, Mario Charance, Joey Fincherry, Glenn Watson, Victor Guzman, Jerry from Salt Lake City, not to be confused with Jerry from Long Island, Leo from Alaska, who sent me a great care package of some great music, which I'm just starting to dive into. Leo, it sounds awesome. What a surprise. I really, I really appreciate that. Again, Leo Shabin. Am I saying that right, Leo? Leo Shabin, a.k.a. Leo from Alaska. The man who always has his, his pulse on the, or his, his finger on the pulse of what's cool in doom metal and just rock in general. Digging the new Blue Oyster Cult stuff you sent me, uh, Leo. 
the symbol remains if you guys haven't heard that 2020 release by blue oyster cult it is really strong metal dan thank you sean francois blas thank you drake thank you tommy anderson thank you andrew miller mike jones we already said mike jones andrew miller and that does it all right here we go let's get into an episode of talking metal All right, guys, so we have Tracy Guns. Wow, he's never been on the show before. What an honor to talk to this guy. It's coming up real soon. And we also have uh, Phil X, a member of Bon Jovi. I mean, wow, this is a this is a heavy episode. Some big names here. Both these guys, very cool, and enjoyed my conversation immensely with both of them. All right, so I wanted to just right out of the box drill home that you need to support talking metal you don't need to i would appreciate it if you do because honestly that's what's going to keep this show going you can do that by using our amazon links if you live in the united states canada or the uk those links are found on markstriegel.net and also in the show notes for this episode you can give just a one-off PayPal donation. You can buy a T-shirt, a Talking Metal T-shirt for $15. Do that through PayPal. If you live outside of the United States, they're $20. Be sure to include your address and uh, shirt size. I'd love to send you out a Talking Metal T-shirt. They're high quality, too. Good stuff. And the other way to support is on Patreon. We have 40 patrons now on Patreon. And if I get to 100, which I know that... <laughs> It sounds like it's maybe a stretch, I know, but if I get to 100, what I'm going to do is a weekly video show, and I'm not talking about Mark in the minivan sitting in front of my iPhone talking, no, a highly produced weekly video show. I will hire an editor, I will get some good camera equipment, and I will give you a highly produced video show on Patreon which uh, what we'll do is you'll see it first on Patreon with some bonus footage, and then uh, another version of it will go up to YouTube for the general public after the fact, which would be a little bit different. And, you know, the, the Patreon one will definitely have some exclusive footage in there. So there you go. That's my pledge to you. That's what I'm going for. 100 patrons. Two bucks a month. Come on. You can, you can do it. Somebody out there right now, who enjoys this content, who would like to see a video-produced show, a Talking Metal Mark Striegel video show produced for YouTube, uh, and who can spare $2 a month. I know there's other people that can't. Listen, times aren't the greatest. I get it. But $2 a month. It's a cup of coffee each day. That's what we spend on our Starbucks, some of us. Some of us don't. But listen, there's, there's, a, there's someone out there, I know it, that can get us to 41 and then, you know, to 42, 43, and so on. And when we hit 100, I will give you this video show. And it's going to be good. You know, I'm a TV producer. I'm, I'm going to give you some good content. It's not going to be a joke. It's not going to be me, you know, talking into my computer or iPhone. It's going to be something really high quality and good with guests. And yeah, so let's do it. Let's get to 100 patrons on Patreon. Of course, uh, just go to Patreon, search my name, Mark Striegel, S-T-R-I-G-L, or Talking Metal, and you will find my page. I think the URL, what is the URL? It is 
Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Talking Metal. So there you go. Please subscribe to my other show, Talking with Mark Striegel. It's up on iTunes and Spotify and all that good stuff. And I also have a third show called Talking Rock. And then there's an exclusive uh, podcast that I do with Victor, Victor Ruiz, on Patreon. So there you go. Enough blabber. We're going to keep this tight. I know we have some uh, really great guests on the show. We're also going to talk with John Astronomy, the co-founder of Talking Metal, in between the two interviews. So basically what's going to happen, it'll be Tracy Guns, followed by John Astronomy and me. Followed by Phil X and me. Phil X of Bon Jovi and Phil X and the Drills. So let's do this right now. Let's talk about some news. I am reading, this is news to me. It's ancient news, but I just found out about it. One of the greatest rock songs of all time, which was influential on the heavy metal genre tremendously, just like Iron Man was very influential or paranoid, Highway Star by Deep Purple. I mean, you can't deny how influential that song specifically what has been on the on the genre of hard rock and heavy metal. I'm reading Ian Gillen's book, which I highly recommend, about 100 pages into it, his autobiography. Really fun read. It's called Highway Star. And speaking of that song, Highway Star, uh, the book by the same name, he, here's the deal with that song that he reveals in the book that I never heard this, but the way that song came about, the way Ian remembers it, is they had some reporters over some journalists and one of the journalists I guess to the studio or something one of the journalists said how do you guys write music and they basically Richie Blackmore and Ian Gillen they said well we jam back and forth you know we kind of we get a riff going and throw some vocals on top and I guess Blackmore picked up his guitar and he started just chunking away you know uh, that that beginning didn't that vampy uh, riff, I guess I'd call it, at the beginning of Highway Star. And then Gillen just started singing and throwing out words. And that later was fine-tuned a bit, but that's how they came up with Highway Star, showing journalists how they write songs. It was an example of how they write songs, which it sounds like was just by jamming and throwing around ideas. So very cool. Never knew that. Um, And again, a lot of really cool stories so far in Ian Gillen's book, Highway Star, which has been out a number of years, but I'm just reading it for the first time now. So again, it's all fresh and new to me. Um, we'll hit a couple quick headlines and we'll get right into Tracy Gunn's interview. He's got a great new Kramer guitar out, which we're going to talk about. And then we'll get an update from him on all new projects he's working on. We ran out of time. I didn't really have much time to dip into his history, but he did tell me, I don't know if it was during the interview or afterwards, that we could reconnect in a, in a few months and do something that is more about his history then. So stay tuned. We'll get right into the Tracy Guns interview in like literally two minutes. All right, let's go through some headlines. Uh, today, you know, I usually go to Blabbermouth or Brave Words for my my news. I check out, you know, Metal Sucks and Metal Sludge and sometimes Metal Injection. But right now I'm on Brave Words and BraveWords.com checking out their headlines. Real quick, Damon Johnson and the Get Ready have a new record out. I know you guys probably think I'm biased because I'm friends with Damon, the former guitar player of Brother Kane and singer, I should say, of Brother Kane. And he played with Alice Cooper and the Black Star Riders. But wow, this guy's songwriting is so good. And the new record, which is called Battle Lessons, 
It's really, really good. I highly recommend you check it out. Again, it's by Damon Johnson and the Get Ready Battle Lessons out now. Really great stuff. Some um, tremendous songwriting by Damon, as always. So there you go. And what other headlines do we have here? I got to tell you, not much. <laughs> there isn't isn't anything too exciting in uh, in my uh, humble opinion here on BraveWords.net. It has been a slow news week, I guess. Here you go. Queen have revealed they are releasing new jigsaw puzzles. Like, really? Wow. Uh, Mammoth, WVH, Wolfgang's band, performed on... Uh, Jimmy Kimball, right? And they're really, really good. I mean, really good. I, I thought the performance was excellent. It's just so wonderful to see solid musicians play on stage. And hats off to Wolfgang Van Halen for rocking it. And he gets a lot of shit, I'll just say it. You know, he, he really does. So I give him all the credit in the world. Brett Michaels to celebrate birthday with up close and personal on stage it limited tickets on sale now uh all right i don't even know what that means chris cornell's widow sues soundgarden again okay dave grohl reflects on them crooked vultures which was a band with josh homie from queens of the stone age and john paul jones from led zeppelin and he says it was a really an incredible time i hope that we do it again that's really cool to hear that, that he's open to doing another record with Them Crooked Vultures, the band that featured Josh from Queens of the Stone Age and John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin. That would be absolutely amazing. That was a really, really good record. It's a tough listen sometimes because it's it's uh, it's out there, you know, but I, I went back and listened to it recently and liked it more than ever. So cool to hear that them crooked vultures could return sometime in the near future. All right, so we're going to hit a little uh, little shout out to my friend Ian McCurdy, who's doing some work with the website Meat Hook. I'm going to read a commercial he sent over, and Ian helped hook up a, a Paul Stanley interview for me, which I recorded and I will put up on YouTube soon. I have to hold it until March. So I just want to say thank you to Ian and I want to wish him the best of luck with the Meat Hook Company. So we're going to read that commercial and then get into our interview with Tracy Guns. Have you heard of the Meat Hook platform? That's M-E-E-T Hook. They've been helping artists and musicians create new income streams since 2016. It's really cool. Not only are they doing all sorts of live virtual events now, like the Kissmas Masquerade Ball or the Nelson Brothers Birthday Show, but you can book artists like Jerry Gaskill, Carmine Apice, Kenny Arnoff, and a ton of others for video calls. They make some money and you get to chat with them. Some people use Meat Hook to take lessons and some are just fans of looking to connect with someone who played on one of their favorite records or get advice from someone they admire whose band's been there and back go to meathook.com to see what they are up to and to book a session or to get your tickets to one of their unique artist to fan online events that's meathook.com or you can download the iphone or android app m-e-e-t hook Dot com. All right. 
Let's get into an interview with Tracy Guns of LA Guns. Hey, it's Mark Striegel of Talking Metal. And for the first time ever on the podcast, we have Tracy Guns of LA Guns. How are you, man? I'm good. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. I like, I like having my first time on things. Yeah, man. Well, we've been trying for a while to get you, and I finally went through the guys at, at Kramer and yeah. because I was so excited about this new guitar, and they, they hooked me up with you. So, again, thank you for doing this, and let's, let's start off talking about that. Kramer okay. guitars, for me, in the second half of the 80s, I mean, I had a Pacer. It, they were really probably one of the most dominant and biggest guitar companies, especially in the last half of the 80s, thanks to people like Eddie Van Halen. Oh, and, yeah. And Richie Sambora, and I believe Mick Mars, and yeah. Elliot. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mick used them. Yeah. And then they kind of disappeared for a long time. And I'm so happy that now Kramer, thanks to Gibson, is kind that's of right. making a comeback. And thanks to you. Let's talk about the Tracy Guns Gunstar Voyager, because this looks like a really cool guitar. And it has kind of that old school Kramer flavor. Yeah. It sounds like it's uh, got some of your personality and, and specs on it, too. I mean, you're, I kind of when I think of you, I think of more of a Les Paul playing guy. Yeah, so. it's, it's always been, you know, and it wasn't until really social media happened where some people picture me as like the Eddie kind of guy with a hot rod guitar. And then but most people associate me with the Les Paul and I associate myself mostly with the Les Paul because that's. That's my go-to guitar, always has been. But um, I've always played the hot rod style guitar as well. I've always had right. both. I've always used both. And um, when Kramer was really big, I couldn't afford a Kramer. <laughs> I, I, I never had a Kramer, you know. I think I did. I think I had like a Pacer or something at some point when I was younger. But uh, so I had recently just rejoined the gibson family after like you know 15 year break from gibson and and you know without going into that story and i go to nam 2018 to do some stuff for epiphone and gibson and al john the guy that is the head of all this uh of epiphone and kramer specifically he brings me in this room and there's like 200 kramers hanging all over the wall i'm like what wow. the hell's going on here he's like he's like yeah man we're we're, we're relaunching this you know and and I thought he meant they were relaunching it like that day, like, like yeah. Kramer was out, you know, and, but it, it wasn't. And he pulls me aside and he goes, he goes, Hey, we really want you to do a signature model. And I'm like, but I, I, I've never played a Kramer, you know, how, how can I have a signature model? You know, cause generally a signature model would reflect, you know, something that somebody's played for a long time, you know? Yeah. And, and he goes, he goes, he goes, no, no, no. You know, we, we want to launch the brand with you, you know? So like, you know, you can have whatever you want, you know, let's, let's design a guitar. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. You know, and I had to really think about it. You know, how do you launch a brand that's already iconic with a guy that never played the guitar or, you know, that's that particular brand of guitar. And how do I feel about it? You know what I mean? Like, how do I feel about, you know, all of a sudden jumping on stage, like, Hey, I'm Kramer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the Kramer guy. but I think I came up with the right idea, you know, and so I used to have, uh, it was a Charvel. Um, it was a one-off that Wayne had made probably in 1983, 84. It was a, it was a, 
uh, set neck star body with, of course, a Fender tremolo or a Mighty Might tremolo or something. But it had yellow and orange flames over white metal flake. And and these guys at Guitars R Us in in Hollywood, they let me borrow that guitar for like a year. You know, I, I was I was like, I don't know, I was really young. Right. Um, I think I got it. So it must have been earlier than that. It must have been like 80. Anyways, I had this guitar and eventually I had to give it back. You know, I was like, God damn it. You know, I thought they were going to forget about this guitar, you know. <laughs> right. But um, so when it came to thinking about this guitar, I thought, okay, what what's a guitar that I could use all the time that does everything that I needed to do? You know, because the thing with my Les Pauls is, is I use coil splits. So I have single coil you know, pickups running half the time and, and like this and that and the other. And I really love, like for metal, if I'm going to choose a Les Paul, it's one of my Les Paul customs, you know, it, it, with the ebony fingerboard, the brighter, the little heavier. And um, I call the Algen, I go, I want to kind of morph, you know, a star body and a Les Paul. You know, that's what I want to do. I want to have low output pickups. There has to be two pickups. um you know it has to be a set neck you know and then we can put the hot rod around it we can build you know make a floyd happen and all this stuff and you know with coil splits and everything so you know i can play you know super badass blues on it or you know garage rock you know and full-blown metal you know that and you know he loved the idea and then the question of graphics came up you know it's like it's kramer yeah yeah we got to do something cool. You know, we got to, we got to eighties it up, you know, we got to right. like have some kind of throwback thing. And I told him, I go, well, you know, I really got the idea from this guitar that I had when I was a really young teenager. And, um, but I don't want it to be obnoxious. You know, I, I want it to have flames on it, but I don't want them to be, you know, like, Hey, it's, you know, 1985 all over again. You know, right. but I wanted it to be reminiscent of that. And I wanted it to definitely be evil. The guitar yeah. had to be evil. So um, it was Al John's idea to come up with the ghost flames over the black metal flake. So um, like within a week, he had a mock-up of the paint and what it would look like. And then the back, you know, with the set neck and the glittery black. And I was just like, wow, okay, this, this is awesome, you know? And then we ran into an issue because I wanted to have a Les Paul scale neck, which is a little bit shorter than what we ended up with. Um, And the problem was, is that, on the old bolt-ons, you could have two pickups because there was a lot of wood left on the body. But as soon as we set the neck into the body, it took up all that real estate where a pickup, that that neck pickup would go. So <coughs> they tried, and the first prototype was a failure. It, it didn't wow. work. It, it, we couldn't. the The intonation just didn't work, and it was it was weak. You know, the the neck joint would slightly bend when you play it you know just just so slightly enough to where it wasn't usable especially for me because you know you have this wavering neck and a floating floyd at the same time it's like <laughs> like you know right you're on a boat um so i got discouraged and you know i had even went at that point i'm like hey screw it let's just go for a single humbucker and let's just get on with it and aljon didn't reply to that idea you know right and i just kind of was like oh whatever okay we'll move on to the epiphone signature which we haven't done yet thankfully because of this and um about eight weeks went by 
and Al John calls me and goes, we did it. And I go, wow. Well, you know, he goes, we made it work. We, we got the second pickup in there and we did something different with the neck joint and it's awesome. Wow. Like, I love it how he didn't reply and he just kept yeah, working yeah. on it and he, tried to make he, it work. That's awesome. He, yeah. You know, so they spent time getting it right. And um, they sent me the guitar. That's my main one. I, I play the prototype. That's the one that's back in LA. And it is fantastic, man. It is awesome. so cool to have a guitar that I can play, you know, the bluesiest of bluesy and just the most, you know, outrageous, fast metal. You know, yeah. the neck is lightning. It's a lightning shaped neck. It's so easy to play. Wow. How how exciting. I mean, just to be so involved in designing it and, and yeah. them just really it sounds like bending over backwards to make it work for Well, you know, that is these days with Gibson in general, like, you know, it's funny, you know, today I I uh talked to Caesar, who's one of the owners of Gibson now, and uh about um, a financial thing that I'm trying to get involved in. You know, these guys are smart with money. And uh we and we started talking about the Kramer thing, and you know, it's already back ordered at most online outlets and stuff. He goes, he goes, cool. dude, that guitar, people are freaking out on that guitar. And I'm like, wow. So that's the kind of it's more like a bunch of guys in a family, like, you know, like, hey, yeah. what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? <laughs> right, right. Let's only do cool things. You yeah. Know? So, you know, with that atmosphere, it, it, they're not intimidating. And a lot of companies that I've worked with over the years, because I'm old now, I was always intimidated. You know, like, like, you know, they would call me and then tell me what I was going to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, right. Yeah. Send me a check. But this is totally different. And so, yeah. and that's why I think that Gibson in general and Epiphone, man, the new Epiphones are amazing. You right. know, so they give a shit. You know, they yeah. really care about the guitars and they know who they're selling guitars to. And that makes a, a, a big difference. You know, they're not, they're not just sticking the, the hook in the water and seeing what catches. You know, they, they're sticking to Gibson shapes and specs and with the Kramer. You know, the whole line beyond the uh, three signature series, because there's a Charlie Para signature that's really nice. Right. And Snake, he's got right. he's got that's one yep. you know, that, that I think he should be the head of this thing, because, I mean, he's the real Kramer guy. Um, but, you know, but all the other the rest of the line is, is just like stunning graphics and well built. And, you know, they're all import guitars, you know, and they're, they're built in, and the quality control, I guess, is just really, really on point. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I was actually, you mentioned Snake from, from Skid Row and I was watching an interview with him somewhere and he was talking about back in the day, he's a Jersey guy and he used to go to like the factory and stuff where they, yeah. they actually uh, make the guitars. Yeah, and, I, did, I didn't know that. Yeah. And, then, and then I did that, I did an interview with, with him and during the interview, you know, like those guys grew up in that shop. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was like, whoa, okay. You know, that's why I say, you know, Snake is like really a yeah. legacy player for Kramer. And uh, it's awesome. But the, all the guitars are selling. You know, wow. So yeah. Well, I can't wait to try it out. Again, we're talking with Tracy Guns, and it's the Tracy Guns Gunstar Voyager Kramer guitar. Of course, Kramer now owned by, by Gibson, which, you know, who better to own this iconic legacy yeah. brand than, than Gibson? And to hear you describe the story of how much care and, craftsmanship they put into it is great so thank you for sharing that yeah i mean it, it's it's a thing because 
Gibson had owned Kramer, you know, the the brand for maybe 15 years before this took place. It didn't right. do anything with it. And kind of the thing is, is, you know, Caesar and JC and, you know, Todd Harapiak, like all the guys that are, they're like metal guys now. Wow. Like they okay. all love metal and, and classic rock, you know? Yeah. So like, they're not, they're, they're all musicians themselves. They're all, you know, in that early forties age. So they're really kind of hip for somebody like me. Right on. Cool. Well, Tracy, I do want to touch upon some of the other stuff you've going on, like LA guns. Let's talk about the live performance. It's not really a live stream. It's a live performance stream, right? right that's going to be coming up. And I cannot wait to see this. I saw you guys back in, 2019 at the Iridium in New York City, which oh, was wow. such what a, great, a show. Yeah, that was such a fun night. Was it two nights? You did, I think, was it two nights or one night? I can't remember. I was there one, only one if it was two. It may have been just one. I'm not sure. But sold out, just so much yeah. uh, I th- chemistry I think, you on know stage. What? I, I think we were going to do two nights. And then yeah. we booked another show, what would have been the second night because i do remember it being two nights as well but i don't remember playing two nights right i know so, the iridium a lot of times they'll book people two nights because it's such a small room but yeah, yeah yeah but yeah no we i i remember that well because my wife was actually with me so, yeah you know, we were in new york city you know it was it was awesome yeah and well let's talk about let's give a plug to the live stream that's coming up it is happening on march 13th and all the details are up on lagunsmusic.com. Uh, can you tell us what it is, what the live stream will be? What it's, it's interesting. Or not live stream, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a not live stream. Um, right. We got this weird deal where this company that does streaming and also they're starting a business of um, theaters and movie theaters starting to play this kind of content because you know, this the pandemic and stuff, they're trying to find ways to get content in to places where, like, let's say a movie theater, each theater holds a hundred people. Well, you know, the, the way things are going to reopen at first is they're going to let like 20 people in, right. 25 people. in. So they don't want to release blockbuster movies and have this low attendance and, you know, small amount of hmm. uh, ticket sales and, you know, and the chance of that, danger happened so anyways we got this weird deal and uh we were working on something something else and i caught wind of it i'm like whoa 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 no man and we i we got this whiskey new year's eve show in the can that's like the production's awesome the editing's awesome the audio's awesome. it's new year's eve it's a great show the energy yeah. levels through the roof you know so it's a pretty long show too it's 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 easily an hour and a half and we do everything that anybody would want to hear but it sounds good. (laughs) That's the key is it's like, like, Hey, okay. You know, um, our house engineer, the guy that travels with us, he did the audio that night. So, you know, now I know what we sound like live and and, and it's, it's good. And and anybody that's, you know, really wants to feel what LA guns is like at the whiskey. Yeah. This is, this is the time to do it. You know, we play there usually every new year's we're kind of the whiskey band at this point. But you can't play the whiskey right now. So this is the next best thing. Right on. And I guess this would be the same lineup I probably saw back in 2019. You it have is. 
Scott Coogan on on drums, which wow, I I he he really just I mean the energy that guy had that night. I guys I saw you. I was so impressed with with his playing and an ace on guitar with you guys. Cool band. Yeah, fun stuff. It's a really cool band. Um, I wanted to touch upon quickly in the final few minutes here the status of Sunbomb, yeah. uh, the album that you've been working on with Michael Sweet and. Uh, it amazes me. I follow both you guys on social media. I, I, I would, and it's just extreme opposites. So the fact that it you're is, doing right? a record together, I think is actually really cool and something we need to, to do, especially in this country where things are so divided. I love seeing right. people work together to make art who maybe right. don't have the same opinions. It's beautiful. That's right. I mean, the greatest thing about Michael and I is that, you know, we have the same influences in music. We're great friends. And we have completely opposite ideology, completely right. on every level. And we laugh about it. You know, we are two guys when put together. We do discuss these things without any judgment. You know, it's just like, hey, I respect your opinion. You know, cool, right? Whether it's religion, politics, it doesn't matter. We get along. So it, it kind of came to be where I really, when, when we did the Devil You Know record, which was our last studio album, I wanted to tour with Striper. You know, of course I wanted to tour with Striper. It's like, you know, the heaven and hell tour, you know, it's like, let's, right. let's yeah. do this. And Michael wanted to do it too. We couldn't get promoters to, to okay it. You know, they're just like, oh man, you know, come on. And it's like, it's like, you know, what, what happened to the music industry? You know, it's like, this yeah. is fun. This is great. This is, this is literally combining two rock audiences that love the same style of music. Um, but two separate audiences, you know, great opportunity. So anyways, we, we couldn't make it happen. So Michael and I just kept talking. And then I got a solo deal with, uh, with Frontiers, who LA Guns is on, and Striper has done records with Frontiers. And, uh, and I started writing the stuff that's super metal, man. You know, it's just, it's awesome. I, 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 I totally love this album. And I sent Michael a couple of tunes and said, hey, I want you to sing on this stuff. I go, it's a great opportunity for us to find, you know, to do something together after like talking about it for two years, you know? And, uh, he, he goes, yeah, totally. Cool. This is insane. This music's insane. I'm like, all right, cool. So a lot of time went by and finally I started getting the tracks back from him with his vocal and stuff. And just, it's mind blowing. I mean, cool. I compare it in, in my catalog, my personal catalog, to like Black Sabbath's Born Again album. It's like, like that album is so different than any other Black Sabbath album. Yet it's it's Black Sabbath, you know. It's it's 100% Tony Iommi, but Ian Gillen singing, and it's like, <clears throat> that's what this record's like. It's like I hear my riffs and my style. I mean, times a hundred. You know, it's wow. just what I do normally, but yeah. extra strength. Yeah. And Michael's voice is insane, man. He's so wow. good. Yeah. I mean, that, well, that, that really has wet my whistle because I mean, born again, a lot of people like myself, I mean, in some ways that was the last great black Sabbath record, right. you know, I mean, uh, and you know, the production was a little off, but yeah. over the years, it's really almost more popular now than it was when it came sure. out. It's like, you know, sure. well, it's a guilty pleasure Sabbath yeah. record. There you, you know, go. It's like, it's like, oh yeah, man, I like, I like the Born Again album. And, and you know, that, that's the interesting thing is, is as I understand it, you know, Black Sabbath's 
lyrics were always more of they weren't evil they right. described evil you know they 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 took into context and, and geezer wrote all those lyrics you know and so his perspective was here's the things that are happening in the world and beyond you know and that was kind of the approach to to their their songwriting so michael really took that same kind of approach you know he didn't cool. he didn't take sides you know he didn't he didn't say you know jesus is lord and everything's going to be all right he didn't do that you know yeah. he he went dark he went really dark when are we going to hear this tracy yeah it, it's just not what people expect and we're so hushed up by the label okay right now you know to, to not give teasers to okay. not you know do stuff you know, we have four singles coming out four months in a row, you know, just bam, 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 bam. We just filmed two videos and, and I'm in Denmark and he's in Boston. And it's like there's so much going on with this record behind the scenes right now. You know, the, the label's betting on this record. Okay. Know? So that makes us feel great. It's like, yeah, you know, I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. I mean, I, it's so hard to talk about because it's, yeah. I can't tell you how great it is because that's my opinion. You know, wow. I mean? it's like, right. to me, like i'm so excited it's crazy awesome awesome yeah. cool we cannot so that's, wait so that's that's the bomb and it is coming out may 14th and i i think there's a uh some kind of press release about it coming up here at the end of february okay good um you know detailing all that you know to the public and then we'll get on with that and then we're just now finally finishing it, the new like guns right that was my next question because we've had two yeah. really great records from you guys i mean i was such a big fan of the the devil you know back in 2019 but before that the missing piece in 2017 so you know two two years two records here we are another two years down the road will we see a new la guns record this year you think i think so i think okay. because uh our original deadline was november 1st and there was just no way to make that so uh, the, now the strict deadline and we start getting fined by the label is March 31st. So okay. we're to turn it in. Yeah. It's gotta yeah. be completely turned in. So right now, Phil is finishing the last two vocals. He's, you know, he's recording right now. And once again, it's a, it's another diverse metal record. Um, I don't know if you heard the single, we released a single like a year ago. Yeah. Um, right. Let you down, you know, like that's kind of one flavor on the record you know it goes dark again but you know there's some things that are because you know there was no jamming involved in this record you know the band never right. got together to do anything so you know I, I wrote everything and then it's just like all my buddies back in la and then our main song the guy i write with this guy mitch davis he's in new york and he works with phil and they put all the vocals together it was a long it was a long process okay you know cool. and i'm just starting like I, I have early mixes like stuff that's mixed that's ready to really be mixed and wow. and, and it's great it's, it's wow really i cannot great. wait to hear it because the devil yeah. you know so is it's a lot it's excellent you know it's just a lot of music coming out and then i, I just did this other thing this while i was here during the pandemic called disorder I heard about that. Rudy Sarzo, right? Is involved in that? Yeah, Rudy Rudy plays, I think, on one track. Okay. Um, but it's this band, Killer B, that toured with mine and Rudy's band from Sweden, and it's the bass player's solo album. And uh, 
those mixes are killer too. I mean, I got a lot of music coming out, you know, yeah. and it's, it's, I, I hope that one doesn't interfere with the other and that it just goes smooth. You know? I mean, but what else do you do during a pandemic, you know, sitting, you know, I live in a recording studio in LA and in Denmark. It's like, that's right. what I do, you know, so. Right on. Cool. Well, Tracy, we do actually have to wrap it. I'm sorry. I, I didn't okay. get to any of the his, historical questions. So maybe we'll have you back. Sure. Got to ask about Nikki six and yeah. first time meeting Axel Rose and all this other stuff that yeah, we didn't we can do to. that again. Uh, real, real quick though. 2021 is the 30 year anniversary of Hollywood vampires. Any like 60 second memories of that album we could end with. Well, the vampires album. I mean, that was, that was a long experience you know just you know phil lost his voice during the recording of that album and, and it got weird like okay. we didn't know what we were going to do but you know we ended up finishing it obviously and, it, and it's great and it, it's a totally different direction for la guns at that point um but you know we had a huge tour for that album you know we started out touring with acdc for a second time right. and we went on doing our own stuff world tour and, and um <clears throat> that was kind of <clears throat> the end of our honeymoon <laughs> right okay you know yeah you know, it was like we had done three albums in like four years you know the only time we were home was in pre-production in the recording studio so basically we just lived in the same space for like five years almost and you know at the end of the vampires tour we were burnt i hear we were really burnt and uh but hey man yeah, here we are 30 years later almost. You know, it's crazy. Right. right on. Well, Tracy, thank you so much. I got I got another interview starting up here in like three minutes. So I'm gonna let you go. Okay, you got it. But again, the Tracy Guns, Gunstar Voyager by Kramer Guitars. Let's check it out. I cannot wait to get my hands on it and play it. And cannot wait for new music and cannot wait to get LA Guns back here in New York City. Cool. Uh, you know, hopefully sooner than later, but we'll we'll see where the world Yeah, when you want to do something again, just email me directly. Okay, I will. I got your, your email. Maybe in a few months down the road, we can connect again. It. All right. You Thank it. you so much, man. Have fun. All right. So Tracy Guns, the first time on the Talking Metal podcast. And speaking of the Talking Metal podcast, we have the co-founder, the co-host, John Astronomy. How are you, man? I'm doing great, Mark. How you 2005, doing? Today? 2005, man. 2005, we started this. We never had Tracy Guns on until today. I know, and I I just watched this great uh, piece about the Kramer Tracy Guns Gunstar Voyager guitar. Yeah, and uh, it was really cool to just to hear him talk. And uh, you know, I think I've always been a little intimidated by how cool I always thought all those LA guns guys and guns and roses guys were, and they are, but um, it was neat to hear Tracy guns just sound like a normal guy talking about a guitar. And uh, I think that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, I had, we got Phil X coming up in just a few minutes guys, but I had Tracy for a half hour and right after Phil, Phil X. So I had Tracy at one 30 and then I had Phil X at like 2 PM. Uh, Tracy was actually in Denmark. So it was, uh, I guess wow. the evening over there, but I, I I feel like Tracy would have kept going and going and going. I, I felt bad. I kind of had to cut the interview and say, I got <laughs> Phil X calling in. And he was, I don't know if he said it during the interview. I can't remember. Or after we were technically done with the interview, but he was like, listen, because I didn't really ask him any questions except that one uh, question about his history 
And it's such a rich history, like you just said. I mean, going back to, you know, Axel and Slash and Brides of Destruction, Nikki Six, all this, all this just immense history, not to mention LA Guns. And we didn't really get into that. And he said, well, email him in a few months and we'll do another interview where maybe we go more into his history. At least that's what I, I took it. That's, that sounds so, great. That'd yeah, be really that cool. I'd love to offer. be part of that uh, yeah. interview. Maybe we can get him on the live stream. Oh, that would be amazing. That would be totally yeah. cool. Yeah, Tracy Guns, man. He, he is he is a great guitar player. And, and I think it's really cool that he's got an 80s style star shape. That's what I would classify this as uh, hot rod guitar. Um, and, and the fact that it's black with a uh, like a ghost flame on it, that's even just so much cooler. Um, the the Kramer company is a company I always loved. And then, you know, I, I I mean, you got a you got a Kramer, the, the blue strat shaped guitar, Mark. That's a Pacer. Kramer. Yep. What? Kramer Pacer. Pacer. Yep. Kramer Pacer. Yeah. And uh, now I, as you know, uh, was a consultant for Gibson for 10 years and, and Kramer was part of the uh, the. Gibson family of brands, but, but Kramer, uh, like the new, the new leadership at Gibson have, um, really gotten behind Kramer, uh, recently. And there's a huge push on Kramer. Dave Snake Sabo has a signature model, um, uh, Tracy, of course, and, um, some other artists and they're just putting out some great stuff. Uh, you could, you know, one guitar that I also am interested in is the Jersey star, which is basically, uh, the, like a Richie Stambora style, uh, wow. Strat guitar with three pickups and, uh, like a lot, a lot of great stuff. I'd love to get one of these Kramers, but, um, I'm thinking of it man i'm thinking of, i'm thinking of that tracy guns one i mean it is it is i looked it up online i don't know if we should say but it's rather affordable as far as guitars go you know it's yeah. like under under a grand i think it was like eight eight ninety nine or eight fifty yeah, or something guys, you, yeah. i'll tell you the truth i i know that the quality on these are going to be great because i know that they were you know back back when i was with gibson and uh, i'm sure that they've even improved on upon them now and uh, so i i guarantee you these are going to be great guitars for a great price and uh, plus it's just so cool i mean i i looked at it it has a, a like an amazing neck heel i guess that would be what it was right. called it's like a it's not your typical you know air, you know you have a, a, a ease of playing the higher notes on on tracy's model so right. um I think it's super cool. Yeah, it is really cool. And let me ask you, I know you don't work with Gibson anymore, so you probably can't officially, um, you know, tell us what's happening, but you may just your opinion. I see some real movement going on with Gibson, which again owns Kramer and they're really finally pushing that brand and, and, embracing its its rich history with players like Richie Sambora. And I mean, obviously, Eddie Van Halen was the, the big guy, but Mick Mars played those. And, and there's this big push now with the Kramer brand, but just the Gibson brand, too. I mean, we're seeing like Dave Mustaine just left Dean Guitars and now is coming over to Gibson. I'm just seeing a lot of movement. Uh, what's the girl? The Orianthi has a, a, a new guitar out. There's yeah. a lot of like endorsements, a lot of movement. It seems like at least in the media, I'm reading a lot more about Gibson than I have in the past. Is that a fair statement in your yeah, Yes, it is actually. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Gibson um, went through some tr changes in the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, I, of course, loved everybody at, at the 
you know, who I knew at what, you know, the the previous leadership. But um, I'm still involved with Gibson as a, uh, I guess, friend of Gibson, as a Gibson artist. And, uh, you know, I, I, I still know um, a lot of people who are, are people who work there previously and are still there. And um, and I know they have a, a new leader named JC and he's a very cool. And um, I uh, uh, am, am close with the, the people at the Los Angeles Gibson showroom. Uh, you of course remember the New York Gibson showroom and uh, a great guy named Peter Leinheiser who uh, is an uh, a head of uh, artist relations. I'm not sure exactly what his uh, uh, title is at this point, but entertainment relations. And and he, he along with everybody out at the Los Angeles showroom were nice enough to uh, invite me there when Like It was out in California. And they, they supplied uh, guitars and basses for Like It on our uh, tour, our, our six, I don't know, six show tour of California last uh, December or November. Well, John, let me just jump in here before I forget. The guy who set up the interview with Tracy is Todd at Gibson, and he works out of the Los Angeles office. So, uh, yeah, 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 it's a great office. Um, I, I was psyched. Uh, all the people that helped like it, I want to give a shout out to. And uh, I ran into my old uh, coworker Rayanne, um, who who was there, uh, and. Uh, you know, everybody out there is really, really cool. And thanks to everybody who helped with the the like it uh, guitars and thanks to uh, everybody who helped set up this interview. And yeah, um, yeah Gibson's great. Uh, I, I love how they treat artists and and there's a real surge uh, it, it, like a like a charge going on with Gibson now where they're like supercharged. And I just yeah, bought a the PR I, movement is is definitely impressive. I mean, they're just all over. And yeah, it, by the way, Phil X is now a Gibson artist. He's coming wow. up in just a few minutes, guys. So stay tuned and, for that. And Gene Simmons uh, played uh, Gibson. Uh, Gene yeah. Simmons uh, special bases on on that concert that Kiss did in in Dubai, Dubai and uh you know, he's working I, I, with them now. Yeah. Yeah. He's working with them. Ace, of course, has always uh, been working with them. And uh, of course, um, I'm really uh, interested in putting out uh, another Ace model. And uh, everybody's been already chattering about it. Uh, the uh, three pickup uh, Black Beauty, um, you know, of course, Ace uh, stylized by Ace and, uh, you know, his design with the cream pickups and the pick card and the uh, pearl banjo tuners and wow, all that cool. kind of stuff. So that's something that uh, I've been working on for a while. And uh, I just bought a, a brand new Epiphone and, and people, I am really psyched uh, at the, the new, what I call the new Epiphone headstock for, for uh, guitars like Les Paul's uh, and, um, SGs. And what Ace pointed out is that uh, that headstock is actually a throwback to one of the old Epi Epiphone headstocks. Ace actually has a very old Epiphone guitar uh, that is uh, like it's either a coronet or there's another model that's the same shape of, as a coronet. And um, and he pulled one out and he has a vintage one from like way back in the day. And uh, he showed me it had that same headstock as the right new on. Les Paul that I got. So I'm really psyched. Um, I got it, yeah. of course, from from uh, Sweetwater. Right. Very cool. A uh, store that is in Fort Wayne, Indiana, a company. And that is where my wife is from, Fort Wayne. Absolutely. Indiana. Absolutely. And let's, yeah, let's gotta... just you, you're talking. Oh, 
just want to a great shout out to Judd Goldrich uh, of Sweetwater. Judd, he used to be a guitar setter? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Judd used to be at Guitar Center. You knew yeah. Judd. And of course, Judd, uh, his father and grandfather uh, ran Manny's. And uh, I, I want to send my condolences to the Goldrich family because uh, Henry, uh, Judd and Ian Goldrich's father, uh, who ran Manny's, um, for many, many years, uh, recently passed away in the past week. So yeah. uh, some people might not know what Manny's is. It was a famous New York City old school music shop uh, on 48th Street, right? Um, back. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, it was there for just decades and decades, probably what, like probably 60 years at least. Right. I yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And everybody, I mean, you know, people like Mick Jagger and David Bowie and and, you know, Pete Townsend and all those. Oh, yeah. I, I saw Vernon there. Reed in there. One time I was in line and the guys from Weezer were in line right in front of me. I mean, it, it was just when any band came through New York City, they always went to Manny's. And yeah. that's uh, that was a really cool part of New York City that is now gone. 48th Street used to just be lined with guitars and music shops and all sorts of stuff. So good, good memories. John, of course, has mentioned Ace a bunch of times. The original Kiss awesome guitar player and vocalist and songwriter. And you mentioned Gene and I want to mention to you an, another guy, Paul Stanley. He yeah. gave me an interview, dude. And I, we haven't spoken about this in, in person yet. I know we exchanged some texts and emails, but wow. What, what a thrill to talk with Paul Stanley, John. And I will tell you the management team, unfortunately, or fortunate, depending on how you look at it. They, when I said, talking metal they were like oh you know we'd love to do an interview with you but we're a little sensitive about metal because paul is not promoting kiss he's not promoting hard rock he doesn't really want to talk about hard rock or heavy metal and then i so i said well i i could put him on the talking with mark striegel show and they agreed immediately to that so what i'm going to do is debut it on that but then i might wait a few weeks and maybe kind of put it as a secondary interview on this stream just so everyone can hear it you think that's okay or i think it's okay i, I don't yeah, want to piss yeah. them off you know but you can even say like look this is uh this is an interview done for talking with mark striegel but it's uh it's you know running on the talking metal stream which which tv networks do that all the time they they repurpose interviews on other like you know platforms on their different channels yeah and stuff like that. but so it was I, great I man fun. i mean he like here i'm sitting in my basement and i got paul stanley on zoom i mean <laughs> yeah that's that's really amazing that that is i mean i i you know despite the fact that i you know i'm with ace just about once a week um or, or more um it, it's still a really cool thing to you know even for me it's like wow oh my god paul stanley like calling in on zoom i mean that is so cool that is like really uh uh, a lister at that point. That's yeah. And I was told, you know, he's not there to talk about kiss. Now they didn't say right. don't ask questions about kiss, but I kind of took it to mean like, I don't want to be like, so tell us about, you know, recording destroyer or something yeah. like that. You know, like I didn't want like Hey Paul, I know you're here to talk about soul station, but I just wanted to ask you, did, did Vinnie Vincent really pour his soup back into a bowl in Europe? You know, yeah. is he a weirdo? You know, yeah. Like, yeah. You know and I, oh, of course, I'm not saying know. I think that. I just know that that was a, a story that he once told. And I, I don't think Vinnie Vincent say, quote, weirdo. I was just joking around, guys. I, I like wow. Vinnie Vincent. I, I, yeah. Uh, 
Paul may disagree with you on that from what I've heard. I know. Yeah, who, 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 who knows? I don't mean to put words in his mouth. But no, yeah, right. but he was great, man. And I did I did get him to talk briefly about Kiss. And we spoke about his Puma sneakers, too. It was okay. mostly about Soul, uh, Soul Station, which is a great listen. And they sent me an advanced copy. I'm really digging it myself. And Eric Singer plays on the record. I didn't I didn't know that initially, yeah. um, which is very cool. And what what oh I so I I mentioned songwriting you know we were talking about Motown this is a little sneak peek for you guys we're Motown and the soul music of the sixties and seventies and stuff and and I said well you know in some ways I hear that in in Kiss songs in your songwriting I said and I, I named some of the songs that I thought I heard an influence of like Motown. And, and he picked right up on it. And when I said, shout it out loud, he was like, yeah, shout it out loud. I'll sh-, you know, and he went into an example of how that song is strongly influenced by, by Motown. And he, and right. he shares the example and even starts singing shout, shout it wow. out loud during the interview, like in a kind of a low you know, voice, but demonstrating how shout it out loud has a big influence uh, from the music that soul station is paying tribute to. So it was great. That's it was great. really cool. Yeah. I like that new song um, that Ooh, Ooh child, like that's yeah. a, they do a good job on that. It's got a really tricky melody, like vocal line. And uh, you know, I, I, I think that that is a challenging song to sing. And uh, I, of course, Paul's, you know, a great singer and he could, he could pull that off, but and not that everybody from a band. I'm forgetting their name. It, that Ooh, Ooh Child uh, was a song that came out in 1970 uh, recorded by the five stair steps. Right, right, right. Uh, five stair Buddha. So here's the, here's the deal with the five stair steps. And I was going to go into this with Paul, but we didn't really have time. Um, they were the prototype of the Jackson five. Now the Jackson five were from Gary, Indiana, which is right near Chicago. And the five stair steps were this band. They were all family members. And if you listen to it closely with all the different voices coming in, it's, it's very Jackson five ask what, what the Jackson five did just a couple years later. Right. And if you read about them, they were kind of like the inspiration. A lot of people feel for, for what the Jacksons and, and I forgot the what was the Jack, the dad of the Jacksons. I forgot his name. Joe Jackson, maybe. Joe Jackson. Yeah. He was highly influenced by them in getting his kids to, to do what they did in the Jackson five. And they used those guys. I mean, the five stair steps, I mean, Jackson five, you know, like, yeah, yeah, it was five family members. So, and, and I really think that if you listen to that child, especially, I mean, definitely listen to Paul's version, but go back and listen to the original two. It sounds like the Jackson five, but it's before the Jackson five, you know? So if anything, it's the Jackson five sounding like them. So there you go. But John, it's always great hanging with you. And I'm excited to share this Phil X interview with you. He has Phil X and the drills going on right now. They have some great songs out and more songs on the way that he's going to talk to us about. And of course, we're going to talk more about Gibson guitars. We talk about an explorer and, you know, my favorite Gibson, of course, is the explorer. And I'm looking behind you on the zoom call. I see on the very right hand side of my screen by the Randall amp there, a white Gibson Explorer. Explorer. 
Yeah. And that, I believe, is the same one that, that Phil X is playing in one of his recent oh, nice. videos. Yeah. 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 And you're not going to believe whose guitar that is. That's Bill Kelleher's guitar. Oh, from Mastodon. Mastodon. What yeah. is it doing in your place? Yeah. I, he, he traded it to Gibson for something. And it was like there were no parts in it. And it was just like a body and neck, like uh, at the old showroom. And um, somehow I ended up putting it together with other parts. And then I found what I think might have been some of the original parts to his. It was a strange thing. And uh, it even has like a little sticker on it that I know is like a sticker that he put on it, like to like, for, I guess, for his text to tell which guitars are which. And I think when I that one time I was I saw him at Gibson and we jammed with Ace. Um, I uh, I said, I have your guitar. <laughs> right. So how cool is that? So it is I awesome, mean, man. Yeah, I, I think he traded it and then I ended up with it. But uh well, we used to do this thing on the live stream where you would hold up a guitar and tell a story about it. And, yeah. and I, I wish maybe we should redo that when people can see the yeah, guitar we'll, we'll or maybe that. we should invite Bill on the live stream and you hold up the guitar and say, hey, this is your guitar. Yeah. <laughs> see what yeah. he says. And uh, please don't ask for it back. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. right on. All right, man. Well, without further ado, let's get into the Phil X interview right now on Talking Metal. Thanks, guys. Thanks, John. Cool. Hey, it's Mark Striegel of Talking Metal, and what an honor to speak with Phil X, who is, of course, a full-time member of Bon Jovi and has done so much other stuff, including some really great new music that I've heard. I want to talk to you all about that new music, Phil. But first, how you doing? How's everything going during these strange times? It's a... Uh... It's strange. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, I don't know, I, I feel like... Um... I'm I'm happy if I have a guitar in my hands. Right. And but I I I can't I can't even put into words how much I miss jumping on stage and how emotionally challenging it is every morning not knowing when the next time I'll be on stage is. Right on. So it's I mean there are there's silver silver lining and not touring like being home with the kids and having a studio in your home is is a good place to create. So all those juices are flowing. It's just, um, it's a tough one, man. It's a tough yeah. nut to crack, you know? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. But you've given us some great new music. I just uh, was turned on to the the new single, I Love You, On Her Lips. And it's by Phil X and The Drills. And wow, yeah. explosive, man. I mean, it's it's got like, the song is just so in your face and so much energy and uh, almost a punk vibe at times, you know, or very much so I would actually say. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I, I love all types of rock and catchy um, as hell I too. love, thanks man. I think that means a lot too. Cause I think catchy is, is it goes astray sometimes, you know, you're listening. I always, I'm a huge, like when I was a kid, it was AM radio. Right on. So it was hit after hit after hit after hit after hit. And if it wasn't a hit, it was a smash. You know, yeah. it's like it was like songs, like super amazing, well-written, um, good vibe songs. It was just, you know, oh, you, th that's the chorus right there. Yeah. So I love a, a great chorus. So when this song popped into my head, I just I it kind of flowed, you know, and I, and I was really exciting about that. And I love the tagline. Because, you know, everybody knows someone who says one thing and means another. Yeah. And uh, and it's usually at the end of a relationship. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But 
You know, I feel like, you know, when people can relate, it's one thing, but it's, uh, I love the melody. I love the chords. I love, uh, I love the, the verse. I mean, I like, I fancy myself somewhat of a poet. Uh, I like to be interpretive. I, I'm not a, this is exactly what I mean right in your face. Yeah. You know, everything's open up for uh, interpretation. And I've always loved that about, you know, tongue and cheeky kind of writing. And, uh, and it, it, it dawns on you when you're talking to a fan and they go, what, what did you mean by that lyric? And I go, what did you think I meant? Right. 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 And then they tell me, and it's actually better than what I meant. Right. <laughs> I love it. That's hey, fun. thanks for the lesson. Love it. Thank you. And we had a, a music video I saw for right on the money another just really great catchy tune. Uh, love the white Gibson Explorer that you're playing yeah, in that, in that video that, yeah, that, what is, is that a, is that an, a vintage Explorer? No, no. it's uh, I was, uh, I, I, I just joined Gibson uh, last January at the NAMM show. And uh, that was my introduction to Gibson. And uh, you know, when at the time nothing had canceled yet, Right. So uh, they were like, hey, if we give you our new 70s white Explorer, will you play that with Bon Jovi? And I'm like, here's my address. Yeah. <laughs> Send it pronto. Yeah. So obviously I didn't get to take it on stage with Bon Jovi, but it was perfect for the Red on the Money video. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it, you know, we've um, whatever you do, especially now is you have to be in sales. Okay. So, you know, we. The video idea was my idea. The, uh, you know, we were in ISO. So I was in LA. Dan wasn't far. He was in Burbank. Uh, but Brent, our drummer, was in Winnipeg. So yeah. here we are isolating with our families. Yeah. And he, everybody sent me in the videos. And I thought, I need something else to happen here. So I have a, an app. There's a Phil X app. And every Tuesday and Friday, I do a live chat. And cool. I was like, hey, if I give you, I'm going to post the chorus of the new single coming out. And if you guys send me videos. If oh, you sing okay. That's, chorus, that's where all those people in the, yeah. Yeah. I will put it in the video. You'll be yeah. in the video. Yeah. And then there was another section where um, I got to tell you how that was recorded. Because we were at Capitol Records and we were working with Chris Lord Algae. He brought us in to do a, a master class on how to record a live band off the floor. So that was one of the songs. And he came wow. in and he's like you know, I really hear, I love the tempo change, but I think you should do like this drum break. And it was off the cuff. So Brent had no idea what he played. So he goes, you know, for me to nail this on the video, it's going to take a week. So I'm going, that's cool, man. I got some photos from the last yeah. VIP tour, you know? So I threw more fan stuff in there. So it became the ISO slash fan video. Yeah. And it was, it was something that everybody got excited about. And uh, for this, for the video of, uh, it's coming out on Monday, um, the, for the video of I Love Her, I Love You on Her Lips, that's going to be just the lyric video. A buddy okay. of mine up in Canada, he's an amazing artist, and uh, his brain is a little different than ours. Right. And he came up with the lyric video that's mind-blowing. So that's, that'll oh, cool. be out. His, his name is Frank Greiner. Cool. And uh, he's in my old digs of Canada. Right on. And so these these new songs we're talking about, they're going to be off a full-length record, right? No. No, these are not a standalone. They're these standalone. are standalone singles. But there is a full-length on the way? Yes. Okay. Full-length. So wow, 10 okay. songs coming out in uh, in the spring. We're hoping the spring. Late spring. Yeah, we're hoping wow. on that. It's, awesome. in, it's in the mix process right now. Cool. So. And 
It's exciting. And, and so the full length I was reading, correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you have a different drummer on every track? Well, okay, so volume one, Stupid Good Lucky's volume one had a different drummer on every track. Okay. Volume two was going to have a different drummer on every track, but it was okay. only going to be six songs because, but because people are waiting so long uh, because of COVID and stuff, we've, we decided to go back to a 10 song record. Okay. So there's going to be a couple of repeats. Um, Brent was on volume one. He's also going to be on volume two. Okay. And, uh, but we do have Tommy Lee, awesome. uh, Ray Luzier, Kenny Aronoff. Um, wow. <laughs> I got Liberty DeVito on a track. Uh, awesome. And some and real Kenya, heavies. Wow. I have uh, no, no slouches here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, but my, my, I'm really excited about this one track that came together like really amazingly. Um, I was on tour with Bon Jovi in 2018 and we were playing T-Mobile Center in Nevada in uh, Las Vegas. And I was actually living there at the time. So, and we had a day off after the show. So I called Tico and I'm going, Hey man, um, I know you had like your days off, you know, he goes golfing and stuff. Right. Um, would you go, if, I, if I can book a studio, will you come in and play on a drills tune? And he goes, i do anything for you, of course. Right. I'm like, Great. So we went into the studio and laid down this song and uh, I mean, the song went through a few metamorphoses, <laughs> metamorphoses, yeah. because I, you know, it was one of those songs where I had an idea. So we went in to track drums. But when I got the drums home, I was like, man, I could beat that verse. So I beat that verse and the chorus remained the same. And it's got some really cool bridges. And so just saying that Tico Torres is on a track is one thing, yeah. but that the track it's fucking awesome. Right. Awesome. <laughs> that, when you say I could else. beat that first, you mean you could just make it better? Yeah. I yeah. feel like, you know, like I said, I'm a chorus guy and, and sometimes a verse is just a way to get to a chorus. Yeah. But yeah. to me, it wasn't interesting enough, you know, and I felt like the, the vibe could have been a lot cooler. His drums inspired me. Like he's so underrated as a drummer. He, yeah. uh, I mean, aside from owning every measure of every Bon Jovi song with his, his groove and everything. He's just so musical. So I, I, I didn't want it. I wanted it to be a really standout track. So I'm really excited about it. Cannot wait to hear that. We love Tico. We again, love his style, which has so much personality. So yeah, so much personality. Cannot wait to hear that. And yeah. I had tickets to see you and Tico and John and the guys at the Newark Prudential Center this past summer, of course, canceled. Yeah. Um, any, any thoughts if you might, get back out on the road with them like later this year or does it look like not this year or don't you really know uh to be honest uh, and i hate being the bearer of bad but i, I does i doesn't look like this year i right, don't think okay. i think smaller concerts smaller venues i think they'll open up before the big shows it's it's really hard i mean i think the vaccine situation might change the game a little yeah but I, I still, I don't think they're going to pile 20,000 people into an arena right. this year. Yeah. <laughs> and if you go half mast, it's almost like, it's like everybody would lose money. Yeah, sure. Because you want to bring the same show into the place. Yeah. But you're only selling half the ticket. So the, the math isn't working out, but I, eventually the math will work out. What about and, going out with Phil X and the drills, you know, playing smaller places? Is that well, a we, well, there was a couple of things on our, on our plate. We had, uh, you know, we had um, 
we were talking to Skid Row. They're going out. They were going out October, November of 2021. And we were going to go out with them in uh, the UK. And that also got moved right to 2022. As far as doing loan shows, um, maybe maybe a live stream or two, but it doesn't look like it doesn't look like anybody's going to be booking any tours. Right. Okay. Fair enough. But I'd be the first to sign up. Yeah. It's, I, I just, uh, you know, when you have that, that feeling that something's missing. Yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> this well, is I mean, definitely one of those something huge. Yeah. Is missing. Well, I'm sure for you as a musician on stage playing, but also for, for me as a fan, I just, uh, we had so many shows that we were planning on going to and they got postponed and now they're being pushed or canceled, you know? So it's just like, yeah, I cannot wait well, to get back yeah, out I, there. I think that's the other thing too. I think people are afraid to to put something solid in the books and then have to cancel again. Yeah. Because Which we're already world, seeing because the world's reason. not ready, you know? Like yeah. when I, you know, I saw people selling tickets to festivals in July and I'm like, oh, I don't know if that's going to happen, man. Right. <laughs> I don't know if you should be asking people to pay for these tickets a year in advance for something that may not happen. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, I, I hope everybody gets on track and everybody gets on the same page and, uh, hopefully we're all, I don't know if it'll go to a hundred percent normal, but anything at yeah. this point, I think people would be eager to jump on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I wanted to ask you, you've had such an incredible career playing with so many like different people, many of them super high profile outside of Bon Jovi. What have been some of your, or maybe even just one of your career highlights outside of Bon Jovi? Um, I have to say uh, there's been, I mean, when you, when you get to a certain status, you're invited to play at fundraisers and um, there was one, it was for school pro uh, music programs in schools that, uh, that used to happen once a year. Um, and, uh, it's, you know, one time I was looking across the stage and it was me, Michael Anthony, uh, Sammy Hager, wow. Steve Lukather, <laughs> Stevie Salas, Steve Stevens playing a whole lot of love. Oh my God. And, and I was, uh, you're kind of like, is this, yeah. this is happening, you know? And then it was one of those things where everybody knew everybody, you, you, no matter who I talked to, no matter how big this guitar player is, everybody's seen some of my Fred and Maricana videos. Yeah. And uh, so when we were all, no, there was no plan for a whole lot of love. And Steve, there's like, who's doing the solo? And we're all looking at each other like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and Steve Stevens goes, Bill, take the solo. Because <laughs> everybody's heard me do it on YouTube a million times, right? Yeah. So, and that was, that was pretty exciting. Um, that was one, there's, that's happened quite a bit. You know, there was one week, um, I want to say it was 2018 or 2019. 2018. I was, uh, it was a, there was a guitar show in Germany. And uh, so, I got up and jammed with uh, Uli John Roth. Wow. So I was a huge fan when I was 16. He was a hero. And then a few days later, I was playing at a birthday party at the Bahamas with Billy Gibbons. So that, that <laughs> yeah. was, that was a, quite the week. 
Yeah. Um, and it went so well. Like I've played with Billy before and we always have a blast with Billy. He's amazing. But Lily was so uh, impressed that he invited me to play three shows as a guest with his band in Japan the following uh, January. So that was another highlight. Um, and then being in the studio, I mean, I've been in the studio with so many people, but the one time that I was in the studio with Chris Cornell. And, That's uh, one of my questions. I'm a big Chris Cornell fan. I was hoping and you'd so, talk and about And so that. was I. So, him, you know, playing guitar and hearing his voice come out of the near fields, I, was, it's, I got goosebumps. It kind of took my breath away. And then, because uh, he wasn't there when we tracked the beds and he wasn't there when I tracked a whole day of guitars. But then they called me and he said, hey, can you uh, come in tomorrow night? Uh, um, we, we need you to do the solo for that song. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I think I have a thing. And he goes, well, Chris wants to be here when you track the solo. And I was like, I don't have a thing. I'll see, <laughs> right, right. I'll see you tomorrow. Right. <laughs> and then, um, and you know, I walked in and he was on the couch and I'm hearing his voice and he's on the couch. So that's another yeah. level of surrealism. And then... Uh, and then I, I take a solo, but when I'm in the studio and I take a solo, it's the same guy that you see on stage. I'm not sitting down working something out. I'm just, right. I'm seeing what comes out of here without tripping over this and gotcha. just doing stuff. And, 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 you know, in like I'm on stage and there's an audience and I'm, I'm playing to everybody. Yeah. And, and I remember Chris saying, wow, that was great, but I think you need a little, a little more gain. <laughs> and I said, yeah, but it looked cool, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was how I broke the ice because he laughed. Yeah. I was like, how do you break the ice with such an, an icon? Like, a, right, a, right. You know, a vocal songwriting hero. Right. So it went, it went really well. And then, um, and then the next time I saw him again, I was coming in to do another session, but they were mixing his song in the other studio. And he goes, hey, Phil, how's it going? I'm going, going, man, how you doing? He goes, we're right. mixing. I keep telling him to turn up your solo. And I'm like, <laughs> it still wasn't loud enough. But right. anyways, um, so that was, that was my time with him. And then, um, and I hate being, hey, let's being studio. So, but it's time that I regret not being that guy. Yeah. Because that'll never happen again, right? Right on. Right on. Yeah. Moments in time. Yeah. Great and stuff. Then, that inspired me to write a song. Um, it's called Broken Arrow and it's on the new record coming out and it's Liberty on drums. And I wrote that when I heard about his passing. Ah, okay. So Broken Arrow, it's the, called. The drills don't get very, yeah, the drills don't get deep. Right. We don't, we try not to get deep. And this was one of those song like you're talking to somebody if you could speak to somebody who had taken their life and go did you make the right choice okay so the song's pretty much based on that would you do it again if you had another chance you know, that kind of thing so the whole all the lyrics in that song reflect that that was that was that's the i was going through so um but it's, it's one of those things. Everybody knows somebody who's gone through that and, and the torture involved. And so, I mean, not to get deep, any more deep than that, but uh, yeah. I'm really proud of the song. I'm really proud of the song. Is an incredible drummer and he's on the track. 
And you cut out there just for a minute, Phil. Tell us who's on playing drums uh, on the track again. Liberty DeVito. Right. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So basically, I had I was playing two sold out nights at Madison Madison Square Garden with Bon Jovi. Right on. And in, we we sandwiched between that we in in there we sandwiched a session with Liberty at the Power Station. Oh, nice. So so you know a world world famous studio. Liberty DeVito. Uh, and then after lunch, me and Obi, our broadcast engineer with Bon Jovi, walked to our, we walked to Madison Square Garden for our sound check of wow. night two. Night. Like I'm a musician. I'm I'm constantly thinking about music. I eat music, I drink music. Uh manager's calling me saying, Hey, how how's your wife? What time does your wife want the truck? I mean the the car to take her to the gig, and I'm like, oh no, she's gonna take she's gonna take the subway. <laughs> he's like, now we're having this conversation, yeah. and then Obi stops yeah. me. We're walking to Madison's and and he, are you are you absorbing this? I'm like, wait, what are you talking about? He goes, you're you're playing two sold out nights with a yeah. mega band at Madison Square Gardens, which is a dream venue, and you just recorded Liberty DeVito on your song at the Power Station. Yeah. I challenge any musician on the planet to have a better two days. <laughs> <laughs> right on. And I really didn't, um, it didn't hit me until he said that. I was like, yeah. Then I was like freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> that, like, that him saying that to you caused you to kind of take a step back and take a step recognize back, what was actually yeah. happening to you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it was a wake up call, you know, and so I'll never, ever forget that. I'll never, ever forget to be present. I'll never, ever forget to be moment. If you're making music, it's a wondrous thing. But if you're on, this, on that particular level, that's not going to happen every day. Yeah. <laughs> so soak it in. Right, right. Wow, great stuff and great stories, great moments in in your life that you're sharing with us. We love hearing about them. So Thanks, again, the the... Just to get this straight, the two songs that I referenced earlier are not going to be on the new record. Those are standalones. Yes. So people can go listen to those now on YouTube or, or Spotify or wherever they, they choose. You. And then we're going to be getting a additional 10 songs, you said? Yes. Yeah. And that is when when do we expect those? Um, I want to say late spring, early summer. Okay. We're, right. we're just in the mix mixing process. And uh, it, everybody's working. like. I'm just happy that people are still making music. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, is Chris Lord algae and he's a busy guy and I'm happy. He's a busy guy. <laughs> he deserves to be a busy guy and right. become quite a, a, a great pal over the last year since the COVID started, we've been working on a lot of projects together and uh, he's just uh, an incredible musician. I mean, you know, when you, when, even when I was, you know, you go to his house and you see the Grammys of all the hits that he's made. You don't expect him to be, you know, like he mixed Saddest Girl on, in the World. Like he mixed the whole last volume one, but he mixed one song. I listened to the end. I was like, this sounds amazing, but I don't even know what that is. Right. So I call him. I go, what, what comes in at like three minutes? And he goes, oh, I just bought a vintage Mellotron. So I played, <laughs> I played the, the court. I followed the chords and I'm like, yeah. Mixers don't do that. Wow. Yeah. You, know, you know, his heart's in there. 
Yeah. When he plugged something in and and ads, yeah. And add and started playing along. Oh, that's that's, that's great. That's really that's very telling of somebody's passion for what they do. Right on. Phil, thank you so much for joining us today. And where is the best place people can get in touch with you online? Is it a website, social media? Where do you prefer people hook up with you? Man, um, yeah, the, the, the media stuff, like the websites for me, I, I don't even. Right. But but Instagram is uh, PhilX1111. Cool. On, uh, on Facebook, the, my fan page, Bill Phil X. Awesome. Cool. And we'll have the new um, those songs. Are, those are the ones. Excellent. Those are we'll the have, ones that I, I hit. We'll have those more. linked along with the two new songs we mentioned in today's show notes on Talking Metal, episode 911. Phil X, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, man. Thank you. Guys, that's going to wrap up the show. Big thanks to Phil X for joining us. John Astronomy Ostrowski. And, of course, Tracy Guns. Support me, guys. Use those Amazon links. I really appreciate that. Join me on Patreon. Let's get to 100, all right? Thank you for everything you do for me. And that includes just listening to this show. If you do nothing else, if you can't give $2 a month, if you can't be bothered to use the Amazon links, it's okay. I appreciate you just taking the time to listen to what I do here. And, uh, yeah, leave me a review on Patreon. Apple Podcasts. That would be helpful and cost you nothing. All right. Talk to you later.